0: Me and my cousins, it's a podcast. Three guys, three decades, three perspectives. Me and my cousins, it's a podcast. Bean Mug Coffee Co. is a small batch coffee company out of Point Pleasant, New Jersey. They feature unique blends inspired by the Jersey Shore, and every month they feature a new single-origin coffee from around the world and their new Flavor of the Month Club. Bean Mug & Coffee Co. is giving our listeners 10% off all coffee and their recently released cake cups Visit Bean Mug & Coffee Co. and enter Cousins 10 at checkout. Bean Mug & Coffee Co., the roast from the coast. What's going on, everybody? It's time for another episode of the Me and My Cousins interview series uh, for Boktober. We had DJ Senator in Boktober of 2020 talking about having the biggest Reebok Pump collection in the world. You can still go hear that over here listening to the podcast. Uh, 2021, we stepped it up. We're doing two Boktober episodes. Uh, we kicked it off a couple of weeks ago with Jake Montana from Team Reebok1895, talking about his thriving Instagram community and what he's done online with Reebok for the last. Probably eight or ten years at this point, and this time we're going to end off October with somebody very special. Somebody coming to get direct from the brand, a Reebok person that's been with the brand a long time. We're going to learn all about him and his career and his journey. Hopefully, drop some gems for kids that want to get involved in the sneaker game at a professional level and kind of learn from his career and learn from what he does at Reebok. And hopefully, you, end, you know, end October 2021 on a super high note, ready to you know rock some Iversons, rock some Sean Camps, rock some Shaq Gnosis's. and then uh, hopefully maybe for some people out there actually start a career in the sneaker, streetwear, fashion industry. So without further ado, I want to give up to Anthony Antonitis from Reebok. Anthony, how are we
1: doing tonight? What's up, Angelo? I'm great. I appreciate you having me. Um, I didn't realize that was the grand finale. Got a, got a pretty high bar we got to live up to here.
0: Yeah, man. We're going we're gonna to wrap it up nice and strong for you tonight, buddy. Um, so real quick, let's talk about your, your history in a sneaker footwear game. Are you a lifetime sneaker collector? How's the, how's the career start for you?
1: Yeah, so I'm initially out of Stoneham, Massachusetts. Um, I mean, growing up in championship, sports championship capital of the world, I mean, I've always been a diehard sports fan. I think, you know, being around the game and seeing a brand that was so involved in pretty much every single major sport, I mean, I became a fan of Reebok pretty early on. Um, As I grew up, I would say I wasn't always quite a sneakerhead, but I've always been interested in what people were wearing. For me, it was always like, what are the latest cleats I'm getting, the latest sneakers I'm getting for when I'm hooping? And I was just always interested in seeing what everyone else kind of had. And I mean, little did I know until I was graduating college that, you know, there are so many sneaker brands that were right in my backyard in the greater Boston area. And once I started doing my homework and learning even more about Reebok beyond just the sponsorships, but more about, you know, the history of the brands, uh, what the brand stands for, the amazing people that work with the brand and for the brand, I just became so, so fascinated by it and so interested. And I mean, I was super fortunate I was able to, you know, leverage some networking, reach out to a few people. I went to Yukon. I found a Yukon alum that worked at Reebok and I was able to get in touch with her. Shout out, Sarah. Appreciate that still to this day. Um, and just, yeah, as I got to learn more and more, I got so excited at the prospect of potentially working for the brand, even just getting some type of connection with the brand and, I mean, they took a shot at me right when I came out of college, and I guess something went right because I've been here ever since.
0: I thought That's awesome, man. Now, when you say you've been here ever since, let's take a step back. You said you're from Massachusetts, went to UConn. What did you major in, and what were your first couple steps, say post-college or internships when you were in college, that got you that springboard into a, I'm assuming, entry-level position with Reebok when you graduated. Mm -hmm. I might be wrong on that. Please correct me if I'm wrong.
1: No, no, you're pretty much spot on. So I went to UConn. Um, I wanted to be at a school that obviously had a really incredible sports resume. Uh, It's funny when I was a junior in high school, trying to figure out where I wanted to go. I remember watching the uh, Yukon pit game live, the big East championship when Kemba hit that buzzer beater. And that was the point. I was like, I got to go to Yukon basketball capital of the world. I got to be there. Um, And at the time I wanted to be a sports writer. Um, i had a a huge passion for writing. Um, I wanted to have some type of career in sport. It was pretty pretty obvious to me early on, I wasn't going to be a professional, but I wanted to be in this industry one way or another. So I went to UConn as um, a journalism major, I had some internships and some working opportunities in that field. And don't get me wrong, it's a phenomenal field. I have so many friends that are now at, you know, all these major networks and all these major publications, I just, for me, I realized pretty early on, that actually wasn't my passion, it wasn't what I wanted to do. And I wanted to have some type of career that there would be like some type of business prospect to it too. And for me, marketing just became such a perfect mix of that. You have the creativity, you have the storytelling, you have these like really exciting things that you can do, but it's always tied back to how is this improving the business? How is this supporting the business? So I switched over to the business school, obviously got some great opportunities there. And then, yeah, just through some networking, I found um, a handful of alumni at a few different companies that I was super interested in. Uh, It's actually a funny story I still like to tell this day. I signed up for LinkedIn Premium, the free trial, because I was a college kid balling on a budget. Got to be smart about it. Yeah, got to be smart about it. I had five free, I think they call them in-mail messages that I got to use. And fortunately, a few of those people got back to me. And I mean, who would have thought that the first person at Reebok that got back to me, I kept in touch with her throughout my whole senior year. And ultimately, she became my first boss. I got hired at Reebok. I think it was two weeks after I graduated, which was perfect timing because I was terrified at what was going to come after graduating. But um, I joined on pretty much like a one-year co-op program. And after that, I got hired full-time and been kind of working my way through.
0: So just so so the listeners understand, I I think I'm hearing about one of the greatest LinkedIn shooting percentages of all time. (laughs) You had five free messages made a bunch of contacts and ended up in one full-time job that turned into your career out of those five free messages. Yeah. Right. That's awesome, man.
1: Who would have thought I was like super selective about it too. I'm like, all right, I need to find people that I have some type of connection with. I'll play the alumni card. I'll play the, you know, Massachusetts native card. Like the more specific I could be, the better the shooting percentage. I think three of the five people got back to me. One of them was Reebok. Another one actually, believe it or not, I was able to fly out to universal studios and actually sit in the office, and it wasn't necessarily an interview; it became more of a meet and greet. But talk about a cool experience for you know a senior in college who doesn't know what they're going to do with their life too. Um, but yeah, I mean Reebok was the number one right off the bat. They were at the top of my list. You know these kids who are graduating; it's it's such a struggle. You know I, I understand it's so hard to find a job, especially at an entry level. Um, so I definitely don't take it for granted that you know my first opportunity was definitely the number one that was on my list.
0: Yeah, man. Out of the, out of the, me and my cousins' crew, Kenny is the youngest, and a lot of his, his, his listeners are in that early twenties, just out of college oh. age group. And you said something that was really key that a lot of that, that age group m- maybe doesn't capitalize on as well as you did. That relationships and working connections. And connecting the dots is maybe just as important as your major or your academic work or your internship resume. You did a great job with that, man. If you're listening at home and thinking about making that step, remember, connect all the dots you can. He did it geographically and with alumni from his college of UConn and other ways you connect the dots. And make sure you guys go ahead and do that. So that being
1: said, what's your current role at Reebok? Yeah, so right now I'm on the U.S. marketing team. And I'm actually the lead activation manager for everything Reebok basketball. Um, it's an awesome role. I came into this earlier in the year. It was actually a new position that was established because this really is a growing category for us again, which is amazing. Um, and I definitely want to preface, you know, I'm surrounded by such a phenomenal team cross category between brand marketing, global marketing, social media, trade marketing, PR influencers, you name it. Um, I'm fortunate to be in this position where, you know, I definitely do not do everything for Reebok basketball marketing myself. I, Nobody could do that all on their own. I just get to be the guy that pretty much plays point guard. You know, I work with these different teams. I make sure that if anything's going to market for Reebok basketball, from a marketing standpoint, you know, it connects to this kind of overarching brand DNA. It connects to what Global's intentions were. Uh, There are some programs that I, myself, and my team will lead. And, you know, we'll do everything we can to blow it out the water. There might be other programs that might be, let's say, like a Reebok.com or a Champs or Foot Locker exclusive, and those teams will be really leading the charge. But I'm here to support them to make sure that from a basketball perspective, they have everything they need, maybe partnership support, maybe additional content, stuff like that. Uh, it, it's pretty crazy. Even on, like, the super stressful days, I step back, and I'm like, okay, I had a tough day today, but what was the toughest thing? It's like, well, I had to organize a photo shoot for Allen Iverson. And if you <laughs> me five years ago that that's what I would be doing as part of, like, not only something I'm passionate about, but my legit job, I'd be like, damn, that's that's pretty cool. So it's a pretty good gig. I'm pumped to be here.
0: Yeah, man, I think uh, one thing you said that was kind of cool right there, too, is that a lot of sneakerheads, sneakerhead people think, oh, they just come up the top of the head with an idea. Oh, they should drop the question orange and orange and black for Halloween. But in reality, it, behind the scenes, that's hundreds of people and tons of yeah. man hours. And that's a huge decision. It's probably being made a couple of Halloweens. In advance, right? It's a, it's a massive organization. Uh, who you just rattled off a bunch of not just people but teams that are involved oh, yeah. in just Reebok basketball. So that being said, what what is the current goal, or how much can you tell us about Reebok's current strategy in the basketball world? Are we? Or is it? Going after AU teams to, to wear the product is it college? Is it do you have some pro guys coming out with new shoes this year? What's the what's the big overarching idea for Reebok basketball for the end of 2021? NBA season about to kick off, college is about to kick off. Uh, what's going on?
1: Yeah, I think um, you know trying to share as much as I can that's you know approved outward facing. But I think the real thing for us is understanding that you know we used to be one of the top dogs in the game, and you know for one reason or another we hadn't been quite to that level yet over the past few years, but it was really a couple years ago we really decided to get back into the space, really invest in the space. I would say it's more from an off-court stylized kind of play. Um, And for us, really, the question mid, that's what we call our icon. That's like the lead product for us. That's the Holy Grail. And we have this whole catalog of phenomenal basketball icons, um, and we want to make sure that we pick and choose which ones we bring back properly, which ones we update with new stories. I would just say that the question mid is the one that you know, we go forward with the most often Um, we see a lot of opportunity there, but we definitely see a lot of opportunity with, I mean, this whole archive of phenomenal silhouettes and phenomenal partnerships that we've had in the past. And, you know, hopefully we could start to bring back, I can't promise anything. I can't really name drop anything, but I can definitely say we've got some really strong intentions for basketball going forward.
0: And like I've said on the show multiple times before to multiple guests, if you're involved in projects that are so fire, they can't talk about the details you're doing something right. So congrats on that, man.
1: (laughs) Thank you. I wish um, I can tell you like a quick little story and I wish I could give you the details behind it, but it's funny because one of my buddies and I a couple of years ago before either of us worked on basketball, we had this idea of something we wanted to do for Reebok basketball or something like we were like, we have to share this. Like somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to do it. And it just wasn't the right time. And as soon as I took this position, the first person I called was that same friend who still works at the company. And I was like, oh, we're going to make this happen. And he was like, yeah, we're going to make this happen. So, again, I can't tell you what it is. I wish I could. We got a lot of strings we got to pull to make it happen. But to even be in that position, to look at what was such a crazy out there idea and to actually be the person who could say, okay, maybe we can make this happen, it's, it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, dude, I think that's awesome. I'm waiting to see what that is when that drops. I think, too, it's an interesting idea of when we're talking about sneakers and shorts, and you can tell me if I'm wrong on this, it seems like there's a, there's a fine line between something that is a classic that brings back nostalgia and something that's not old enough to hit that nostalgia button yet. So, for example, the Iversons are obviously hitting with a certain demographic now because he was such an iconic player, We're coming up on 25 years since he won Rookie of the Year, Um, And those first couple of silhouettes were so great. And everybody my age remembers them. But we're so many to see John Wall, who was Reebok's flagship guy in the early 2000s. He had a great career from great sneakers with you guys. It's probably too early to bring them back. So there's definitely an element of timing in there too. Am I right when I say that?
1: Yeah. And I think that would be true across the board, right? Like nothing can quite be an icon yet until you see how it's, you know, shined at the time when it was in its prime. And then also see like, how does it do when it's not necessarily in the limelight? I think there are so many different examples of basketball silhouettes across the market that, you know, maybe even when they first came out, they didn't necessarily make the impact they were supposed to, but they can become a cult classic and something that gets revisited from time to time. It's, it's so insane to see that kind of product life cycle. Um, and really all you can do is, you know, as much research as possible to make sure that it hits right the way. And hopefully it kind of carries to from there. But sometimes you stumble into something, sometimes things don't work out and, in the end, it's all about making sure we're doing everything we can that you know services the people that we want to service. You know, it reaches our target consumer. It makes sure that those dedicated consumers like yourself, they're getting products from Reebok that resonate with you guys. We're trying to expand our consumer base. It's it's pretty crazy all that goes into it. And then to see things come to life with all of the behind the scenes that we work on day in and day out, in the end, all that matters is what the consumer is seeing and saying. So You know, we could try and say and do all the right things in the world, but in the end, it comes down to execution. And you know, I think we've done a lot of good work in the past, and I think we've got a lot of good work coming up. And, I mean, I'm seeing a lot of really cool things coming out of the market in general. So, sorry, I guess to kind of bring it back to your question, there's no right or wrong way to go about it. Uh, Some things become icons on their own and take on a life of their own. Other things are definitely more calculated, but it's really exciting to see these things kind of come to life and see the reaction to it.
0: Awesome, man. And One example I would say of someone who kind of, I was in high school when the Interpump Fury came out in the 90s, right? And it was a popular shoe and people liked it. But then about 10 years later, it took on a completely life of, it, of its own. And you guys crushed it with the collabs um, and the colorways and you know, different ones being available in different parts of the world kind of thing, where a sneaker that was pretty popular in the 90s came roaring back in like the 2010s with like a like a vengeance of a cult following and that's one of those that kind of a mission organic and what you guys have done it you kind of took on a life of its own over time and is, you can argue one of the most popular at least with a certain demographic uh, running shoes out there over the last close to 30 years. It's a new year. It's a new season of the Me and My Cousins podcast. I got the books coming out this year. Mike's got a girlfriend. It's Instagram official. I think Kenny got a new haircut. Big things in our family big things on the podcast, and we got a sick lineup of guests for 2021 for you guys. From music, we got DJ Fun Size. We got Rodney Corsi from Garden State Hip Hop. We got Ramsey Said What from What's the Movement. We got the whole ITM click on one episode. From the world of comedy, we got Richard Dweck. We got Ziggy from the Roast Room. We got Sabrina Ayo. We got Carl Callen. And of course, we have the recap of my roast battle with Matt Nessimeno from Comedy Fight Club. From the business world, we're bringing in everybody from Runner's High. We're bringing in the owner of Ghost Harbor Creative. And from the podcast world, we're we're having a reunion of everybody from the first appearance podcast. Me and my cousins, it's a podcast. What kind of advice would you have for a young person, maybe in college now, maybe just out, that wants to jump in the shoe game at the corporate professional level,
1: like yourself? Yeah, and honestly, I love that question. I and I was spending some time trying to think about that. And I mean, the first answer to really any young professional trying to get into any career, it's like, just be ready to work your ass off, you know? Like, it's as long as you get a foot in the door, you got a shot. And once you got a shot, if you just do good work, you put your head down, and I don't mean to keep swearing, sorry if you got to bleep it out, but you get shit done, more opportunities are going to come. And I think that could be applied to so many different industries. And I think as I was trying to put my head down and put my head to it and kind of figure out, okay, with this industry, what specifically what kind of popped up for me is, you know, don't be afraid to show your passion. Don't be afraid to show how excited you are. I mean, this is something that, like I keep saying, in the end, it's cool that we get to work on this. It's fun to be part of these projects. Like any other job, there are things that are, you know, not as fun as other pieces, but in the end, we're all friends. We're all fans of the brand. We're fans of the thing we're doing. We're fans of the partners that we get to work with. And we want people that are genuinely excited about it. And I think that's that's something that should be applauded. That's something that should be, you know, kind of celebrated as we're interviewing people. And I'm sure other brands go through the same thing. It's like, we want people that want to be a part of this. So definitely don't be afraid to geek out a little bit. If you're a sneakerhead, let us know you're a sneakerhead. If you're passionate about one category versus another, other, I mean, show that, live it. And hopefully you get to be a part of it at some point.
0: Nice, man. And think it's great advice in the sneaker industry and really probably most industries. Rarely will you not get a second interview to call back for being too passionate about the job you're trying to get. So I think that's great advice for really anybody of any age trying to break into just about any industry. Uh, real quick, you talked about some cool partners you've gotten to meet. Do you, and you said you had done an Iverson photo shoot earlier this year. Um, do you have any kind of cool celebrity sightings or people you worked with in the last couple of years? Like, I can't believe I'm in the same room or the same studio as blank. Has that happened yet?
1: Yeah, I remember uh so it was not this is actually a specific story. It was not long after I had started, I was in the office and I saw this kind of group kind of walk through and I'm looking through I'm like, all right, I don't think those people work here. And one guy in particular kind of stood out and I was just kind of look around and I was like, is that future? And like I I, I maybe because it was the new guy and I was a little starstruck and you know, I wasn't used to, you know, famous people walking around the office on a tuesday at two o'clock i don't know right but i was just like i think that was future and i'm like kind of popping by people's desks i'm like was that future did you see future was that future um and like right away people like yeah i mean he's in here and he became a partner for a little while that partnership didn't end up continuing but um you did an
0: pump through with him actually right the black and uh
1: white and black one yeah i was actually at the um
0: the party party for that
1: that, which was pretty cool uh so that was a cool experience for me as kind of a new hire but um I mean, that was something I always laugh about. Shaq's been by the office a few times. And I mean, what a towering figure he is. Meeting AI has always been cool. But then, you know, a few other ones along the way. I think it's crazy how it went from like that starstruck kid to now it's, you know, you realize they're people too. You can have a conversation with them. Um, But yeah, that's definitely been a cool part of the job too.
0: Nice, man. Um, you said earlier in the episode, you didn't grow up a huge sneakerhead, but you're always a fan of what shoes are out there and what shoes you were getting every year. Can you give us your top five Reebok models, either old ones, new ones, whatever you got for us. What are five that you think are like
1: the top things the company's ever produced? Yeah, yeah. I had to put some thought into this one too. And I mean, definitely got to preface. This is just based on things that I like, but I mean, the question mid, that, that really is the holy grail. And I'm 100% biased. Um, because that's like, you know, the number one thing I'm working to support. But you talk about those OG colorways, I mean, the red toe, the blue toe, the paralyzed, the moments that those were part of between that. I also kind of mentioned, um, I wrote down the answer for like, these are true basketball icons. Like they're synonymous with those partners. They're synonymous with these iconic moments. The shack attack was another one. I actually have a pair that I have no idea, how I got them, like the OG light blue, black and white colorway. I mean, between those three and the basketball space alone, like you just cannot go wrong. But uh, I I try to think about like other ones that maybe I wear a bit more frequently. I mean the club C, that's just the easiest shoe that you could literally wear with anything. Like I love the off white colorways that we have. We call them the vintage colorways. You can wear them with jeans. You can wear them with joggers, no show socks, cap socks. It, I wouldn't recommend wearing them to the gym, but I see people do it.
0: Yeah, um, it's the, to I me, just, it's that sneaker is like a blank canvas. You almost exactly. can't go wrong with any of the co-branding stuff you guys have done, any of the collabs, any of the colorways, almost any outfit. Yep. I, I, I've, never, I've rarely seen anybody rock a club C and be like, they're doing it wrong.
1: Oh, exactly. Blank canvas is the perfect way to put it. I mean, you talk about like ultimate versatility and how you can style it. Yeah, you can wear it with anything. And it's funny, I have an insane amount of shoes because I've definitely become a sneakerhead. I have like five new pairs of club C's for when the ones I'm wearing now wear down. Somehow I've still made this pair last for like a year and a half and my closet's not getting any less full, like it's stacking up, but I think I'm wearing these club C's every single day.
0: Yeah. And for the price, I think one of those versatile shoes out there, like yeah. you said you could drop maybe $70 on it, maybe catch them a mm-hmm. little cheaper and wear them for a
1: summer easy, maybe a summer and a fall. Um, and they're in great shape usually. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think between that and then definitely want to shout out some of our performance product. I mean, the recent Nanos that have come out, I mean, like the best gym shoe you can find, the Ultimate Cross Trainer, this is absolutely a shameless plug. But um, as somebody who tries to you know keep up with some personal fitness, those are my go-to gym shoes. And then you know, we have some pretty nice running shoes in there too in our flow ride category. So I, I've always liked the way that those have been for me. You know, You can wear them out. You can wear them as you're kind of walking around. I think if I'm trying to dress up a little bit more, I'd go more, more on the club C side. But, you know, if I'm just kind of like puttering around town or something, definitely wearing those nanos around too. Nice.
0: all right. oh, man, all good answers. Um, so back to the, re- the kind of the, the reason of this, this run of episodes written on me and my cousins, it's Boktober, right? It's a pretty big thing online. Hashtag Boktober. Everybody shows off the Reebok collection. I've been doing it for three or four years, I believe, on Instagram. Now, to, for sneaker collectors, Boktober is a pretty big deal. How significant is it to the company? Do you guys track it? Do you, do you care at all? Is it is it cool? Are you laughing at people? What's it like on the inside
1: <laughs> looking out at people doing hashtag boxed No, I mean, we're always keeping an eye on it. We love it. I think, honestly, I was trying to do some research from what I understand. It kind of started as like a fan of the brand movement. And it's something that we just try to add a little bit of fuel to the fire. Uh, we love seeing these people celebrate the brand. We love seeing people that, just want to show up and show out whether it's with the newest pair of Reeboks they got or pairs that they got when they were kids. And, you know, we love when we get outreaches, you know, from co- podcasts or groups or influencers like yourself. And we'd love to be able to help kind of support that, give the shout outs where we can. Um, and I think there have been a few instances where we've dropped some Boktober specific shoes. I know last year in basketball, there were some October labeled Boktober themed basketball shoes um, that were pretty sweet. And, I think all in all, we really just love to engage with the community. We love being part of it. We love that you guys love it. Um, it's just a really nice celebration moment for us. And, you know, we love just, yeah, being able to engage with you all.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a cool month. Um, I, I, like, I like all sneakers. Obviously, it the show you know that. But I'm a super fan of Reebok. And I always love bringing out all my, my Reebok heat for October, whether it's on stage or in the street, my family or whatever it might be. Um, also, Reebok has a pretty big online presence in the in the fan world right there's instagram Mm -hmm. accounts there's facebook groups uh for whatever reason it has almost like a like a little bit of a cult following of people that maybe only collect instapops or only collect club c's whatever it might be how important is that year round to the brand as far as reaching out to influencers and being active in those groups and on those message boards. And for lack of a better term feeding the streets and my streets, I mean the internet uh, with this shoe is dropping on this date, or here's a rollout for a uh, question made or whatever it might be. Yeah.
1: I mean, we're so aware of like so many of these groups and there's some others that still fly under the radar. So if you have some recommendations on ones that we should check out, definitely send them my way. But I think it's kind of like the extension of October, right? If October is like the celebration and the moment, all these people to kind of shine we do want to make sure we're still engaging with them throughout the year and like you said there are some that are dedicated to certain models like on the nano we know that there's a couple groups like i think nano club for instance is the name of one of them we like to feed them where we can feed the streets feed the internet whatever you want to call it give them some tidbits here and there maybe give them a little sneak peek at something definitely seat out product where we can too i mean We're so fortunate to have that. We want to make sure that, you know, everybody knows we're not taking it for granted. So even doing this interview right now, I mean, I'm so appreciative that you reached out to us. I'm glad that we were able to coordinate it. And I'm also glad that we were able to, you know, hook it up for you guys and get you some swag too.
0: Yeah, man, that's great. We'll always appreciate that and always uh, shout you guys out when we can. We love getting packages like that in the mail. Um, what's next for yourself career-wise and what's next for Reebok as a brand? So let's, I guess you could speak specifically to Reebok basketball, but between now and let's say end of the first quarter, of 2022, what should we be looking for uh, from you and from the brand?
1: Yeah, I think um, I'm trying to remember what has been announced and what hasn't, but I think what I can tell you is we have some really cool jobs that are planned. Um, we have a couple that, We'll be launching closer to the end of the year this year. I think actually later November one that was actually just announced today. It's called the question mid class of 16. Uh, It's a refresh on the model. It has a color palette that's designed to be inspired by each of the teams. AI played for it also has this cool black suede trim. That's like a nice allude, a nice nod to the all black suit that AI wore when he was inducted in the hall of fame. We have another one that I can't quite talk about, but I can tell you it's leaked. Um, People know it's coming inspired by a specific color and it just looks awesome and then um i'm trying to think we have a recent shack and dame collab on the shack gnosis that also just launched today definitely check it out um called call the really Dane gnosis
0: cool. right? right yeah
1: and that was cool i got to sit in on the interview that Shaq and dame did together so just another cool experience but hey
0: man real quick before i cut you off are you familiar yeah. with uh, dame's four bar fridays on instagram yeah yeah. Okay. So he's been doing that for, I don't know, let's say six years. We'll call it round it off to six years. Every Friday I watch him and then I wake up Saturday morning and I start getting my bars together for the next Friday. And I always chicken it out and don't do it. Oh, come on. Come on. What <laughs> who, shout who out, to, to shout out to, to it, Damian Lillard, to man.
1: What's that? Who do I need to get you to kind of nudge
0: yourself to do it? I, I don't know, man. But just keep keep checking that. Eventually, I'll probably do right. it. But uh, th- th- that's such a cool collab, too, because Shaq was, at, at least to my knowledge, the first NBA player to really commit to making hip-hop and jumping on tracks with Foo Snickens and had a couple albums in the early mid-'90s that, if you don't remember, were, were pretty good records, right? Mm-hmm. And then Dame is making good music now. Um, I think it's kind of cool that, like, I think in that respect of being a great NBA player working with Reebok slash Adidas and making fire music. Shaq is kind of the father to what Damian Lillard
1: is doing now. Agreed? Yeah. Oh, totally. And actually I'll send you the link. The interview was so cool because they even got into that and Shaq was talking about how he kind of stumbled into it and he was fortunate to be around like so many strong artists and strong collaborators that it just became something that he was kind of doing for fun, but then became passionate about it. And Dame talked about how same thing you just kind of said that Shaq was one of those people that, really inspired players to make that cross and, you know, really have that collaboration between athletes and hip hop um, and something that's still just so crazy prominent till today. But uh, I, I think kind of going into some of those other launches, again, I can't, I'm trying to think of what's leaked and what hasn't too, but um, I mean, just some awesome more collabs coming up. We have some really cool OG bring back, some new inspired stories, some models that you probably have seen in the market, some other ones that maybe you haven't seen in the market and you should definitely keep an eye out for, but um, we got a handful of things cooking and we're pumped for everyone to see it.
0: Nice, man. Well, I I really appreciate your time today, hanging out with me and my cousins, only Angela today, but shout out to Mike and Kenny. You know, they wanted to be here. Uh, I know they're super appreciative for the product you sent over. And that's before we wrap it up, man, give us your social media and anything you want us to know uh, before the end of October, 2021.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's funny. I'm like so bad about my IG. I had to pull up my phone to see what it is, but it's just at a underscore adenitis. Uh, If you can't spell it, I'm sure you guys will put it in the description for the podcast, but um, no, again, I appreciate the time from you guys. I appreciate, I speak for everyone when I say we really appreciate the support for the brands. I'm pumped. We're able to do this. I really hope we get to do it again. would love to speak to your cousins too next time as well. So sounds like this will be the first of a few times that we get to connect.
0: Yeah, I hope so, man. Thank you very much for your time. Keep killing it with Reebok, and more specifically, Reebok basketball. And let's do this again before too too much time goes by, okay, Anthony? Sounds like a plan. Got way more to come. Thanks a lot to Anthony from Reebok. And that's going to wrap it up for another episode of Me and My Cousins. It's a podcast. If you're not listening to the Me and My Cousins podcast, do you even listen to podcasts, Every other podcast is soft like a Twinkie feeling compared to me and my cousins. Already on season two, we've had a recap of my epic roast battle at Ghost Horror Creator with Sean McDonough. We've had our founders of NJ Spots. We've had Tadpole Tripper. We broke down the Dark Knight Trilogy. We had the guys from Telegraph Hill Records. We had Chris Rockwell, poet, open mic host, rapper, writer, comedian, Chris Rockwell. We've had both of the two fit crazies. We've had John Beecroft and Joe Weber from Comics, Cartoons, and Craft Beer. We've had touring comic and ultramarathoner Dan Lamore. We've had authors like Tim Lowe and Steve Poston. And we've had Asbury Park's best photographer, Jeff Cresby. If you don't listen to me and my cousins, what are you doing?